You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Pitam, a creator and entrepreneur. And I'm Danielle Alexandra, a stylist and content creator. And we are In, In Case, Case You, you Haven't Heard podcast. podcast. We're giving you the behind the scenes and an inside scoop of what really goes down. So you know exactly what the fuck is going on. Welcome back to another episode of In Case You Haven't Heard. For those of you who are new here, my name is Danielle. And I am Christina and welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast for you newcomers. We're so excited to have you here. We are, I mean, a pretty new podcast. We're not a baby. We're like slowly, we're, we're past toddler we're in our preteen years. We launched what? October 2019. Yes. And we are so thankful for you guys, the listeners. We we just love making this content for you guys. So we just appreciate that someone's actually listening to it. And we also have an exciting announcement um, because we have reached 20,000 downloads. Yes. Over 20,000 downloads. So yes. we are very thankful to you guys for listening, like we said. And if you want to keep up to date with all of our new episodes, please subscribe and rate us if you want to leave a comment that's great too yeah subscribing really helps us out with the downloads and we have now diversified on various platforms so not sure which one you're tuning into right now but we are also on five or six others um anywhere you can hear podcast you can find our podcast and also if you're listening on spotify we created these really cute little playlists for you guys yes so you can listen to you know a few episodes on certain topics for example business wellness yeah, so we kind of just group together our episodes to make it easier for you guys to listen in on what you want to hear. So this week, we are going to actually be talking about my business. I have a direct-to-consumer brand called Lorena. So it's a women's wear collection that I launched in November of 2018. And over this quarantine, I've gotten so many questions not so many, but a lot of people have been reaching out and asking, oh, how do you start your business? Like, I think a lot of people are starting to, you know, pivot what they want for their life or their career. And are probably thinking, oh, I want to start something. Where do I do it? So that got me thinking, okay, let's do a recap because we did episode four was how the fuck to start of our podcast where I kind of touch on how I got started on Lorena. But I kind of wanted to go over that and just give you guys a thorough detailed analysis or just detailed breakdown of how I started the steps I took and then also just suggestions and tips that I think you should take with you while you're starting that will kind of get you going on the right path and Danielle was totally okay with that so we're gonna go into that and she'll kind of help guide the conversation a little bit as well I think it's really important to learn from each other and that's you know getting advice from different entrepreneurs because you've gone through it 
something that piggybacks on that is if you see someone that you admire or a career that they admire, ask those questions, try to network with them because that's the only way that you can grow. Totally. So we'll start from the beginning and yes, tell us, start from the very beginning. So how did I start? So the first thing you want to do when you start is you have to obviously have an idea. So you get an idea. Um, I won't go into this part too much because it is in our first or in, in episode four. In episode so, four. So you can refer to that if you'd like. But in short, I kind of planted the seed for this idea of having a bodysuit collection um, while I was taking a course in school. So the course helped me develop my business model and, you know, had that. I had a year left of school. I graduated and I had this bodysuit collection idea in my head. Six months after graduating, I decided to dive into, you know, trying to start this. I was like, if I'm going to start, I better start now because it's now or never probably. Um, I had actually been thinking about moving to Australia for an internship in the February following year. So four months, around four months after I decided to like hone in on this. Um, but my thought process was, okay, if I don't do this now, I'm probably never going to do it. And if I try and do it while I'm in Australia, like, LOL, it's not going to happen because there's so many other new things that are going to be in my life, adjusting environments, you know, lifestyles. Um, so I decided, you know, let's just try this now. It was November. So I was like, let's try this now. And, um, you know, hopefully it works out. <laughs> at least, at least I know if I try now, like, I put in everything I could into it and um, then I wouldn't be left with thoughts of what if. The what ifs are the worst. You really just dove in head first in this one. Oh, I have so much to cover. I just wanted to make sure that we could get everything into our combo. No, not with that. I mean, with your business, you were just kind of like, let's do it. Let's just grind it out. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But the time is now. I mean, it definitely took a lot of convincing myself. And even when I finally, I had a few conversations with friends where it was like, okay, let's do this, let's do this. But then even so it was, okay, I don't know if I'm actually, I was like, okay, let's start in November. But then it was just, I was kind of doing a little bit here and there. I wasn't like, okay, I'm doing this hundred percent. I had to kind of prepare myself. So I was, I had obviously some other work and stuff and I just slowly let go of those commitments so that I could fully focus on this. Because one piece of advice that my, friend always told me was and you've probably heard this elsewhere as well but it's you won't give 100% into something if you have other things to lean on firstly your time can't be divided you know that many ways so you can't you know put all your time into one thing if you have it being pulled in other directions but also that if you put all your eggs in that one basket you will most likely be determined to succeed or make it work. I agree. Because it's that, you know, survival sort of response that you have. So I wasn't necessarily in that spot right away. But the point was that in November of 2018, I really started to figure out how I was going to start this business because all I had was the business model and a proven idea. Before you start a business, it is really important to have this validated idea. So I got to do this whole process while I was in my course. But the most important thing when you have an idea is to make sure that what you want to create is something that people want. It's really easy to create something 
that you think is sick and you think is so cool and the best and oh my god everyone's gonna want this but it's another thing to actually go out and ask people if they do well let's break that down so did you do market research how did you then validate this idea that you had for your business because i took this course wrote the course you validate your concept um by testing the market so we as a part of our participation actually we had to go out and you know, ask a bunch of people in school, like about our idea, ask them a series of questions, which is obviously a little bit intimidating being like, for me, I was trying to figure out if people wanted bodysuits that were meant for bus support. So I'd be like, and if they were a thong, if they would be like more beneficial, if they liked that. So some of my questions were like, Hey, like, do you wear a bra under your bodysuit? Or like, do you ever get panty lines when you wear a bodysuit? Would you prefer if it had a thong? How about when you go to the bathroom because it has an opening on the bottom? So I'd ask questions like that. And you always ha- you have to ask people that you don't know. So you get an unbiased answer and response. And I did a mixture, obviously, of people that I knew and didn't know. But validating that is how I ended up creating the business model for the course and how I shifted my idea from a clothing line to being more niche. But when you're trying to validate your idea, it's important to ask people because you want to know that your the product you're creating is going to be something that is in demand. And this isn't to say that the product necessarily has to be super niche by any means or doesn't have to have been done before. It's just to make sure that you're going to go make something that people will probably buy because at, in the, at the end of the day, like if your product isn't going to be in demand and no one's going to buy it, it's going to be a hobby and it's not going to be, you know, a profitable business. And if you are starting a business, that's probably what you're intent is right to to make some money and generate income to scale yeah the next step is finding out what steps I needed to take so because I had this whole you know validated idea I was like okay how do you start a fashion line how do I make bodysuits don't have a design background I've sewn like a couple times but I don't really know how to sew and I never thought okay I'm gonna make these things myself I always knew I would have to figure out how to get them made I wasn't necessarily aware of all the resources available when I started. So the way I did it was I went on Kijiji and I put up an ad for a pattern maker in the Toronto GTA area, um, which was, you know, somewhere within the 45 minutes that I lived. And I got a couple of responses. Yay. I was like, okay, amazing. And I ended up going with this one lady who lived in Mississauga. It was just like based out of her house or her condo. And, um, I worked with her from November until about March and going into this, I had a couple of designs I wanted. There was one initial design, which is now the now Moss. And I just knew what I wanted for it, but I didn't know how to achieve the fit. I had no understanding of fabric knowledge. I didn't know what two way and four way stretch were. You know, I just knew that I wanted the bodysuits to be form fitting, but not like Spanx. And I didn't want them to be undergarments. And I wanted them to be like what you wear when you go, you can wear it out. You know what I mean? So working with her was definitely a process. Um, There was a bit of a language barrier as well, but it's really me trying to figure out like how to make this idea in my head that I had obviously sketched. Come to life and and really be something that you envisioned. It's one thing to have it in your mind, but then to create it and have it something that you're proud of and sell is a different story. Yeah, and I mean, the fit for me was like the most important thing because I was trying to create a bodysuit with a fabric that would hold your boobs without a bra. 
and I didn't know like how to make this. I just knew that I wanted the cups to look like this, but like I didn't know how the cups would have to be on the inside to make it look like that on the outside. So there were just so many things I didn't know and I figured out along the way. So it was a huge learning process. And by the end of the, I guess, five month period I was working with her, she actually ended up going away for like the summer for like four months. When I finished working with her, I had some patterns, but I didn't really have like a single design ready. So all of that was literally just trial and error. And at the end of it, I ended up not really having anything set to move forward with. So it was a little bit like stressful. And before I kind of get into the next step that we took, it's just like, it's crazy how much time it can take to create something. Whereas now, like, because I know how the fit is and I've learned how what fabrics need to be used for what and what's actually possible. Like I can come up with a design that actually fits and makes sense within a few week period. And that's something to consider when you're doing it all by yourself, when you have a great idea, when you when you have a vision and you don't necessarily have a team with experience, you have to do these trial and error. Everyone does it. Everyone starts from somewhere. So don't make that discourage you because now you have the capability of creating these designs really quickly because you know and you have your team in place. But when you're trying to create a team, it's hard. It's hard, especially when you need capital. Like, did you have capital to begin with to create all these or how did that work? Yeah, like I had invested 5000 initially of my own money. And like this process wasn't that expensive. Like she wasn't super professional right so it didn't end up costing that much um, it was more so time it was more so time me like driving to mississauga me like going to fabric stores trying to find fabrics she ended up connecting with the seamstress to like actually make the sample but it didn't work or whatever but yeah it's just it's just a lot of trial and error and some advice that i have for like making sure for helping you figure out what the next steps are is firstly i think you should ask people who have done it before part of what I did in my course to create the business model for Lorena um, and part of what we was mandatory for us to do was to interview people. So I actually interviewed two Toronto designers throughout this process and I asked them like how they started. One of them had a fashion design background, one of them didn't. So it was good to see like the two different sides. It just really helped getting like little tidbits of information, collecting that to like help me, you know, move forward in a more productive way and kind of have a better understanding of like what steps were necessary to take. Another thing I would highly recommend is to, so professionals are great to like interview and ask, but also people who have done it before. So like I mentioned, I have a lot of people have been asking me how I started my business more recently now. And I'm so honored to have people ask me because I am you know, I truly went through my own experience with doing this, coming from a place where I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And if there's like one tidbit of information that I can share with you that you actually move forward with or helps you in some way, I feel like that's really, for me, really satisfying. And I think the same goes for anyone else in the field. So definitely, you know, if you know someone who's done something similar to what you want to do, ask them because they'll probably most likely either dedicate, you know, time to like get on a call with you. And even if they don't do that, I'm sure they'd be willing to share any tips if you have some questions that you could just, you know, outline in an email that you send to them. So don't be afraid to reach out. And then the third suggestion I would have, and I'm still working on this myself, but it would be to seek out a mentor. So when you start a business or when you start anything, it's always, you know, 
really beneficial if you can look up to someone or if you do look up to someone to see if they'll help you get started in the right direction. This will help you just breeze over a lot of things that you could be making mistakes on just because you're unaware that these are even things, you know, when you start something that you've never tapped into before and you don't have a f- education or thorough knowledge of, it really helps for someone to give you a bit more direction. And I, I really personally am still looking for that. I think you're never too old to have a mentor and you could always have a mentor. It's really important, especially in an entrepreneur's journey to have a mentor or someone that you can look to as a that figure, not only for the mistakes, but also for like mentally just to keep you in check, in line and on the right track because having the having the mental strength to continue is just as important or equal to the business savvy intelligence or the, you know, the product and the team in place. Yeah. Because if you don't have the resilience to keep on going in those times, in those frustrating times where you're trying to figure out a pattern, you're trying to figure out the next step, you're trying to seek out, you know, your next product or if you, you know, in that situation, you you don't know where to start. It gets overwhelming. I mean, yeah, I, I wasn't going to touch on this too much, but I think it is important to also highlight how the journey of doing this, especially solo, like I obviously I had, you know, my mom has been helping me do things within the business before she was, but now like she pays plays a more integral role in just, you know, the operations. But previously, I, I did start, the, I started the business by myself and even with her help here and there, like the whole figuring out of like how to make a pattern work and how to make the design come to life was really all on me. And it really felt like a solo journey because I don't really have a business partner. I went into this alone and there are so many moments, especially from like the first, so I guess you would say I started November, 2017, working on it, launched November, 2018. And until like March, 2019, so from 2017 to 2019 in March, it was a constant roller coaster. I know you hear that all the time, but there are literally some days and I'm just like crying. I don't know what is going on. My mom's like, hey, like, are you okay? I'm like, just go away. Like, I just need to be by myself. Like, I can't do this. I'm emotional. I don't know why. And it is because it's constantly like the little wins of like, you know, me finding the right fabric that I think is going to be perfect for this is like makes me feel over the moon. And then when I went to like, say the seamstress to make this pattern into something that I thought I was going to be able to bring to like Coachella two years ago and wear like debut one of my designs, even if it was just, you know, in my head because no one really knew about it and it not turning out, I was just devastated. It's like, why isn't this working? It really is a constant process of you just being emotionally unstable. (laughs) Um, So having someone to help you understand that it's normal and that it's okay and that maybe sharing experiences that they've gone through that aligns with that is definitely something that I would see beneficial. And something that you would learn from that is just being able to adjust and adapt. Mm -hmm. Not holding on to a success or a failure because there's going to be both in your journey and 
keeping them at equal value. If you're only celebrating the wins and not celebrating the losses, like you need the losses to make the wins ever that more special. Yeah, and well, for sure, every every failure is what has improved my either product line, the choices I made for fabric or the model that we have for our business as a whole. So every failure has improved the business, which is obviously a huge part of you know, starting something from scratch and like being an entrepreneur, it's like constantly pivoting and knowing each failure is actually going to lead to greater success. So that's actually the next point that I wanted to touch on. Um, So like after five months of working with this pattern maker and she left, I kind of had to find another pattern maker. So it's like back to square one. (laughs) I was like square one again. I wasn't like at the, like if I think back to my thought process or like my state of mind in that moment, I wasn't like, oh fuck, we have to go from the beginning again but I think two months after that I was trying different people I was like trying to figure out where I could find a pattern maker and this and that I didn't go on Kijiji this time I was like let me step up my game a bit but then I was finding the prices were so expensive I'm like for one pattern for one sample it's $300 like what and it was just like I don't know I kind of felt lost again for sure so Um, what did you end up doing Or what did you end up settling with? So I basically had to like create, I still didn't really have a product to go with, right? Like I didn't have a pattern that worked fully. So I had like all the patterns she gave me and I was like trying to figure out what the next move was. And like I was doing a bit of trial and error and like I wasn't really sure what was going on. I think it was like May at this point. No, April. April at this point. And I was kind of like shopping around for a pattern maker and I randomly connected with this girl on Instagram. I like not through DM or anything, but she had like a swimsuit brand and there was this influencer who I followed who's kind of a friend of mine. Um, and I saw she was wearing her bathing suits and I thought they were so cute. So like I reached out to the girl and I was like, Hey, like Loki wanted some free bathing suits. And she was actually having a pop-up like two weeks later or something. So she's like, Oh, you should come by her pop-up. And I was like, yeah, for sure. So I went to the pop-up. It was like a Saturday, Sunday. It was a Sunday mid-morning. I was hungover as shit. Like did not really want to go. And I was like, I'll just go. It was like raining, whatever. So I went and um, she was super nice. We clicked right away and I bought a suit or, and she gave me a suit too. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. Like I want to support you in some way. So she's like, just buy this and like, I'll give you this. And I was like, okay, sick. And then I like really briefly told her about how I have a, have a clothing line as well. And she's like, told me that she had a seamstress and a pattern maker who was like amazing. And she was like a little bit further north, but yeah, just to like follow up and she would send me the information. And I was just like, oh my God, like this is amazing. I was like, thank God I went to that. So I actually ended up going with this pattern maker slash seamstress. Um, she was in Barrie, which was a little further out, but um, I actually worked with her to create the first Core collection? The first, I guess, run of the core collection that I launched with in November of 2018. Wow. So there was that, which was great. So it's really interesting how like you never know what opportunity is going to get you where. So that's definitely a key piece of advice is in a time where you're trying to build a brand, build a product line, build a company, saying yes is the best gift you can give to yourself. Even when you really want to say no, and even maybe if you want to stay in, you didn't want to go to that event, you know, trying to keep 
yourself top of mind and networking and meeting new people and talking about your business or talking about your ventures, talking about them, being open-minded about what they have to say can really open so many doors for you. And that's the way to, you know, push yourself forward. Totally, totally. And I'm so grateful I did because I don't really know like what I would have figured out if that didn't really work out. And not to say that that also that relationship with that new seamstress didn't come with its challenges as well. Um, We actually had to pivot again because she worked full time pretty much doing dance costumes and dance season starts as we all know, in around September, October. So she was already getting slammed and she told me like she wouldn't be able to produce past that, which I was like okay with when I, when we started working together, I was like, I'll figure something out by then. So I ended up, you know, having to pivot again. But it's all about the steps, right? Each mm-hmm. step is taking you to your your destination. It's, it's a, really about the journey. Each step is just as important as the next in order to get you to where you are. Something that I heard from the Skating Confidential, it's like launch fast and then adjust. So yes. it's like launch your product, get it out there, and then adjust whatever you need to adjust. Because if you're trying to be perfect, I'm the first person to be the perfectionist. Like I'm nitpick at everything, but it it can be debilitating and it can prevent you from actually being successful and having a product that you're proud of or company that you're proud of. Yeah, totally. And I just really wanted to launch because I've been working on this for a year at this point. But it's like I wasn't seriously working on it for a year. So like finally when April rolled around, I was like, okay, like we got to get this going. We got to get this to launch like ASAP. So I I remember your first launch party. Yeah. Yeah. I launched like November 1st actually online um, we weren't fully necessarily ready to launch. I had my website up and everything, but we launched online and I got like one sale that day, I think. What was your part, that party that you had at U- Unica? Yeah. So let me get into that. But yeah, I launched November 1st and I had the products online and I had some of the inventory, but some of the inventory was still being made by the seamstress, but I only like sold one product that day from a friend of mine, which I always remember because she's like my friend from like grade five. So what was that feeling like launch day? Did you have any expectations or you just kind of launched because you wanted to launch and then? I mean, I didn't really do any PR or anything other than on myself. So I just like launched. Yeah. I didn't have any. You just wanted them out there. I just wanted to like get it going. I was actually in Montreal at the time because I was there for the Halloween, like Halloween. And then I launched on the first and then I wanted to have some sort of like, again, not celebration, but a way to just bring the product for people to like touch and feel shortly after I did that launch. So I did a pop-up the around the time of Black Friday. And that was like three weeks after we launched online. And that kind of was like a week where I did a pop-up in Yorkville so people could come touch and feel the product um, alongside having the launch party where I could actually just like have friends and like some people come and just celebrate, I guess <laughs> that I did it <laughs> at last. And that was great. Like the turnout was great. I mean, it didn't feel great, honestly, because for me, I like don't validate my success. I, I don't know. I feel like I validate my success in like a, a weird way. Like everyone was like, oh my God, you had such a good turnout, whatever. And I was like, 
not really everyone that came knows me like but then I didn't really invite that many like influencers or anything right it's not like I had a PR agency I was working with so it would have been silly to have expected more but I mean I sold a bunch of suits that day so I think that's what's important regardless of whether they were from people that I knew or my friends moms or parents or my mom's friends I think the point is just like you know people were there to support and like I guess it was a celebration of like the year's work that I had put into to building the brand. What would be a piece of advice that you would give KP back then when you were launching that first launch? I guess just to take it in, even though it is so small. And like the reason I think it's small is because I'm comparing myself to people who have bigger, more successful businesses is just to like take in that you did it. Like people are your friend. The fact that your friends are here to support you is like good. Like some people don't have that even, right? Some people don't have their parents backing them up. And I guess that would have been something that I should have just celebrated a little bit more. So another thing I think that is important is to figure out when to launch because you don't really know when you should launch when your you business. Should launch. Yeah. And again, I kind of was just like, I need to do it now. Like again, launch and then adjust and yeah, that's you had we, that that mentality from the start yeah and that's what we we ended up doing but when I was initially launching I had a lot of questions about how many products I should launch and a lot of people recently have been asking me the same thing so that's why I kind of wanted to cover that some people told me launch with one product and this is advice that I sought out from people who are very successful entrepreneurs in my eyes at least that I knew or was acquainted with um, some people told me to launch with one product, like a hero product, you know, it's easy to sell one thing and just like push that out. I initially wanted to come up with like a collection of six and then I ended up narrowing it down to three because my whole thing was I'm launching bodysuits built for, you know, best support, seamless wear and functionality with a thong bottom an adjustable closure and it holds your boobs so you don't need to wear a bra. But I was like one size doesn't fit all. And like one cut isn't going to be that flattering on all body shapes. So I was like, I really want to have a little bit of diversity. And also so I can see like what works and what doesn't. You know what I mean? The third design we ended up creating that was like the quick, like last one to throw in is actually our number one, or was our number one seller. Which one was that? The Crawford. And that one I literally was like, the, the thing is when I'm innovating product, I'm always thinking like it needs to be so outside the box and that's why it took me so long to perfect the first one because it's just something that I hadn't really seen before in a bodysuit. The second one kind of as well, but it was like the third one. I was like, oh, so many places do a version of this, but let's just like do it again. Our most basic style, if you want to say that, quote unquote, but it's the one that most people are drawn to. And it's actually the one that's the most flattering on various body types. So when trying to figure out when you should launch or what you should launch with, do a bit of research, ask around. But again, you can kind of go with your gut. Like I wanted to launch with three when I came down to when it came down to me, you know, aligning what my brand was going to be about with the advice that people were giving me. So I did that and I think it worked out really well. Since you've launched, you're now a year and a half in. How have you pivoted are you using the same model, especially now in these times? Like it's definitely different than your normal situation. Post prior to the queue. Prior to the queue. How has your business pivoted? Has it changed? Give us the lowdown where Lorena is now and then also where you want Lorena to go. 
So I always wanted and I had the idea that Lorena would be, you know, only bodysuits. And this is because I wanted to, you know, maybe be the one-stop shop for like wherever you got your bodysuits. There isn't really a direct competitor to that in the market right now, or at least when we were, you know, in the first year of business. So it's something that I always thought, and I really want to stay consistent with that for a while. So we launched our luxury collection just a year and one month in. So that was a different fabric. It was a whole new product development process, which took way longer than I thought it would. But that was something new that we introduced. And then we had been, yeah, exclusively bodysuits from that point, like onward um, up till up till March, actually. So in January, I met a girl who actually had her own like scrunchie company and I reached out to her in around January I was like hey like I have these like fabric scraps like from our luxury collection this like satin fabric let's just make some scrunchies out of it like would you be down to like be my manufacturer essentially and she was like yeah let's do it so she made them and I I received them in February but I was in London and like I needed to get them shot to be put online and it just like never happened so I was sitting on these and then I came back in March because this whole COVID-19 situation and I was like okay let me put these scrunchies online at last so it was kind of an accident or just like a coincidence that I put them up when COVID was happening so it seemed like a small pivot but I put them online and they were a huge success and we're doing really well with them so I was like okay this is working told my dad and he's like, oh, that's amazing. You should be an accessories company. I'm like, whoa, like Lorena is an elevated brand. We're not going to be an accessories company. He's also throwing out like you can do bracelets, this and that. I'm like, okay, what do you mean? Like bracelets, like satin bracelets. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, ew, this is like so gross. Like Camp circa. No, you know what I mean? (laughs) I'm like, what are you saying? Even though those are actually like selling at Brandy Melville, like no, nothing. You know, people buy them. So yeah, I was kind of like, no, 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 no. And he's like, you should do masks. Masks are such a thing. I'm like, ew, dad, no. Anyway, this scrunchy idea got me thinking. Our business has been pretty slow and steady, direct to a consumer. Our bodysuits are made locally, so they are more expensive. And it wasn't generating the necessary, it wasn't necessarily generating the revenue that, you know, we'd like it to so when I launched the scrunchies and I saw how easy they sold it really gave me the understanding that okay if we put out a product people want to support us because also the initial scrunchie orders that we got were a lot of people that I knew or that were like friends of of a friend because I recognized their names and I was like oh like people like who know Lorena want to support us they just like can't make that investment on the body soon because it was just out of their price range So with that, I was like, if we introduce another product line that might meet them in the middle, if they have something available to them that they currently have the means to invest in, they'll probably do it. And that's why I decided to, again, pivot our business model. So we're continuing the scrunchies with our satin fabrics until we run out. Then we'll have to, again, figure out another way to create a sustainable sort of scrunchie option with whatever fabrics we're moving forward with for future collections. But in addition to that, I also decided, you know what? Let's launch tops. 
never thought I would do this, but like, why not? And especially now, you know, not that it's good or bad to launch like a new product line. Like, I think it doesn't really matter because for the consumer, for someone on the outside, for them, it's like, oh, she's coming up with someone, something new and fresh. Right. So I'm excited to be working on this. It's a lot easier, actually, to create tops and bodysuits because the whole fit thing is easier to do with different fabrics versus for bodysuit. It's like so specific and the satin bodysuits were a bitch, not going to lie, because it's not naturally like something you would think to wear body hugging. Right. Because it stretches different ways and whatnot. But yeah, we're launching tops and that was something that I never thought we would have done. And another thing that we had to do throughout this quarantine was make the decision to kind of use this opportunity to offer a lower price for our current selection of bodysuits. During this quarantine, during the queue, why did you make that decision and has it been something that your clients or your customers have been responding to? So it was a hard decision to make. I actually did not come up with the idea. My mom was like, we have some inventory. You should push it. I'm like, I can't discount my product. Um, We are, you know, an affordable luxury brand. And again, branding and like the value of like our products and our brand, I hold really highly. And when you align yourself with, you know, being highly discounted, then people start to rely on that. So I just really wanted to be careful with that. But, you know, fortunately, using this time and using this like worldwide, I guess, situation as a way to have people understand why we're doing the price drop, I think finally started to make sense to me. And I was like, okay, if we announce it as a price drop, then it makes sense because then we are doing it so that you guys can continue to support us if you always wanted to because a bodysuit priced at $98 is a lot different than $158. And I wasn't going to do a price drop of 20%. It I had was to like, be it's something be, significant. Yeah, I was like, we're just going to do it. You know, it might not be the most financially smart decision for like our business, but we really want to keep the momentum going with our brand and we do want to have our you know, customers be able to continue to buy and support us if they want to during this time. So ultimately we made the decision and we did the drop and I wanted to make sure that there was a giving back component or element also connected to this because even though we are a small brand, I think any initiative helps and it is recognized. So with every sale of a bodysuit, we're donating a pack of five surgical masks. Like, so the three plies that a lot of frontline workers and medical workers need access to right now that have a shortage of. So the response, like you just asked about, um, has been really great. We've been seeing more consistent sales in our core collection, which has been really nice. So how we were going to have to adjust back after this quarantine is lifted. Not really sure about yet. Again, if we can figure out a way to produce at a lower rate, so we can keep the price point lower than it was before, that would be great. But at the moment, we haven't really made a full decision on that. So to be determined. In life and in business, in the entrepreneurial journey, there's going to be hard decisions that need to be made. You might not be sure of the answer, but you do it. And if it doesn't work, you do something else. Mm -hmm. And that's just how you have to think of it or else you're just going to fall and crumble. It really is a constant learning process. I mentioned how I had 
you know, a roller coaster experience, a roller coaster experience of emotions for the first year and like three months of four months of having my business. But it like simmered down a bit. But I mean, that doesn't mean that the, you know, the efforts and the business hasn't been up and down as well. Like it is constantly evolving and changing. Now it's evolving you know, in a positive way, in the right direction, but within business, no matter what you're doing, like you have to be prepared to really just continue to pivot, continue to change, continue to adjust, to continue to figure it out. There's a lot of problem solving that goes along with it. Now, fortunately, like I have a team, um, a small team that I work with and I'll get into that in a separate episode for you guys if you are interested on like when you start to hire and all of that because I feel like it's a whole other topic, but Um, I really hope this kind of gave you insight on how to start a business, how to start, you know, a clothing brand. Um, And I think the most important thing to, yeah, just keep note of is that as long as you continue to push through every single problem and obstacle that comes in your way, um, you will make it work. Keep the big picture in mind and every step is a step closer Mm-hmm. one step goal. back two steps forward there you go we'll leave it at that <laughs> thank you so much for being here today on the pod christina we are so thankful for you guys tuning in today yes and if you guys have more questions about the process of starting a business please dm me um you can dm me at christina Pitham or you can dm us on the podcast at you haven't heard be more than happy to literally answer any and all of your questions so thanks for tuning in and we'll see you guys next Next week. week. Bye guys. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.